welcome to Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that inspire you to get your story told. Be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com, and while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media network. Now sit back, get ready to take some notes, and let's get started. This episode of Leap Into Your Story podcast is brought to you by Leap Into Your Story course. Visit leapintoyourstory.com where you have a guide to get your story told. I'm Victoria Anderson, and welcome to the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, work through the process, and meet others who've done it. We interview amazing guests who provide powerful insights that will inspire you to leap into your own story. So be sure to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com. And while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media networks. In this episode, we're going to learn about looking for love in all the wrong places. My guest today is Marcy Newman. Marcy is known as the Heart Shift Coach. She is a professional energy healer, intuitive transformational coach, spiritual minister, certified hypnotherapist specializing in past life regression, and a Reiki master. She is also a published author, creator of an award-winning manifestation products and programs, and the founder of Self Love University. And in addition to all this, she also hosts her own weekly podcast, the High Vibe Tribe podcast, and soon to be launched, Heart Shift TV. So welcome, Marcy. Thank you so much, Victoria. I'm thrilled to be here and thrilled with um, the energy that I'm feeling has already started to build between us. It's absolutely beautiful. So thank you for welcoming me so warmly and with so much light. Yes, thank you. And thank you for um, uh, sharing that with me as well. It's, it's it's a great pleasure and an honor to have you today, Miss Marcy. So before we dive into some of the questions, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey and where, where did this all start? Oh my goodness, Victoria, we don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> but let it suffice to say that um, this journey that I'm currently on is really one, of course, that is a lifelong endeavor. Um, it didn't just happen with the snap of a finger. And this is something we all need to recognize and I believe embrace. So as I look back in my childhood, for instance, um, I had some very um, monumental past life um, spontaneous experiences. And as that, I think what it did is it started to mold my perspective about life that was very different from my friends and very different from my family. And as a result, um, I, I learned to trust parts of myself that, um, that maybe were not so apparent for other people. And it strengthened this ability that I had to be flexible and also my resolve. But as I grew into my teen years, it was just amazing for me to just watch how I became that go-to person. My friends always wanted my opinion. Sometimes they would think it was way too out there, but I had this sense about what was really going on and how to navigate life in a different way. And then what happened was their parents would start to come to me. What do you think of this, Marcy? You know, what do you think is really going on here? So I became that, what do you think is really going on here person? And of course, though, like any other teenager, 
I needed to find my own way and find out who I was. And it was so interesting because um, I was very musically inclined. I was a singer. And I had been awarded um, a place in what then was called the um, presidential choir and actually invited to sing at the White House with this choir. We were meant to tour the country. And as much as I wanted to do that, I was influenced by the beliefs of my parents that thought that I had to do something practical in my life. And I had no idea what that was. But what happened is I went to visit my cousin one weekend um, who was a student at a nursing school. And we went to a party. There are lots of interns and you know, doctors. And I thought, ooh, these guys are cute. And I've always loved science. So I said, you know what? I'm going to nursing school. Never having had that thought before in my life. But here's what happened. I went to nursing school. And I remember the first day um, working on the ward, I passed out, bam, hit the ground. And my instructors were saying, Marcy, this may not be the place for you. But I persevered, right? And I said, no, there's something here for me. Well, I went through nursing school and found that what was there for me was that I actually developed this deeper sense of compassion for people. But it also helped me to clarify a lot of my own beliefs and what I felt was missing in people's ability to heal. And so what had happened was while I was in nursing school, I also entered into the ordination program to become a spiritualist minister because I had this knowing that our two worlds needed to come together, conventional medicine, metaphysical medicine, energy medicine, all of that. And so my professional career actually began as that liaison. And it just took me into places, into realms where none of my colleagues who didn't have that dual credential, right, um, didn't have an opportunity to experience. And I was given so many incredible opportunities to create metaphysical programs which when it started, it was called integrative medicine um, or alternative medicine and bring them into conventional medical arenas. Um, And so as I was doing all of that, I started to really develop this awareness that at the basis of everything, every medical issue, every mental, emotional, psychological, there was a spiritual component where people were disenfranchised from their hearts, their spirit, and had that ability to communicate eroded. And so I realized my job was really to help people to repair that, help them to heal their hearts, so that they could communicate with their higher selves and feel the connectedness that so many were yearning for. And then, of course, I went into another phase of my life, right, where I felt, again, compelled to follow everybody else's footsteps, get married, have children, all of that. And the entire time, Victoria, As much as I loved many aspects of being married, loved being a mother, all of that, there was always this voice, this calling, this isn't all there is for you, there's more for you, follow me here, follow me there. And so I spent like 30 years um, putting little band-aids on those voices, trying to keep them quiet. So they didn't make too much noise and I didn't appear to be too different from everybody else. I worked so hard at really conforming and living up to everybody else's expectations. And then um, one weekend we were out in Montana at a family wedding 
I had always had this really strong affinity to the Native American and as a child had seen myself in multiple roles as an, a Native American. And I started to have this very magical experience the moment my feet hit the ground. And I remember one night we were at this party and I look out into the backyard and here's this authentic teepee. And of course I couldn't help myself, right? And so the moment I was able to, I snuck out of the house and I went back into the teepee. And I remember like stepping into it and starting to have a, like a more, uh, a stronger, connection to everything around me. I pulled back the ceiling flaps and it was like the night sky just filled the teepee. And I decided I was just going to hang out there for a while. And so I laid down on the mats and I was thinking about my life, how incredible it was. Um, all of my accomplishments and you know, this wonderful family. I had four children, happy and healthy and well on their way to living their lives and a very successful marriage. I'd been married for 25 years and everybody came to us for marital advice and just lying there thinking, oh my God, you're the luckiest woman in the world. When all of a sudden, like a ticker tape across my mind's eye, it says, how much longer do I have to do this, Lord? Well, I bolted upright, I broke out into a sweat and I had to jump out of the teepee because I vomited in the bushes. And when that happened, I knew the jig was up. I knew that um, all those little band-aids, you know, had just like been blown off. And everything that had been held behind that dam for so long was just gushing out. I remember feeling this deep sense of doom, guilt, shame. After all, here I was living a life that most women would die for, had everything I could ever want. And who was I to ask for more or to think that I deserved more than perfection? And the guilt about what this meant in terms of what it was asking of me and the shame. And I remember the rest of the weekend having difficulty looking at people in the eyes. And I was so afraid that they could see what was going on inside of me. And I was literally on the edge. And I went back to Long Island after that weekend, which was where I was living at the time. And I did what I was really masterful at doing. I tried to sweep it under the rug, <laughs> just tried to get rid of it. It was too painful and too scary, but it wouldn't have it. It just kept coming up and up and up. And finally, I reached for help. And I started to work with a woman who specialized in women in transition. And I knew I was in transition. I had no idea how, what it was going to look like. But I'll tell you, one year from that date, I was telling my husband that I wanted a divorce. And it was not well received my children, my family, my friends. And it really called me to walk away from nearly everything that had defined me for almost 30 years because I had done such a masterful job at being what everybody else had wanted me to be and do. And this new me was very tough for people to accept and they all pushed against it. And the truth of the matter was, I was pushing against it too. But the draw to keep moving forward and following my spirit was so compelling, I couldn't stop. And I have to say, I've never looked back. But I don't want anyone to think that that time wasn't fraught with, you know, pain 
knowing I was disappointing people and taking on at the time this belief that I was somehow responsible for making everybody's life perfect, right? But that was then and this is now. And what I want everyone to know is that the result of all of that is that I am now living my most authentic being and living a life filled with abandon. And I mean joyful abandon, where I get to experience the universe laying itself at my feet every single day. Here I am speaking to you. Wow, that's a very powerful story, Miss Marcy. Thank you for sharing that with all of us. So yeah, that's, that is just really amazing. Um, now, at this point in your life, were you thinking about, um, you know, being this heart shift coach? Was that something that come out of this or you had thought about it? Tell us, tell us a little bit of what, what that is and take us into what you do now. Okay. So great question. Um, so at that time I was, um, I was living, um, again to appease everyone. Right. And I was working with my husband, um, in his medical practice and incorporating so much of what I knew to be essential for healing. Uh, we had an ambulatory surgical center and you know, I instituted Reiki in the operating room, the first one anywhere in that area. Wow. Um, I also at the time when I was still married, I had co-founded a not-for-profit organization for Reiki practitioners to bring them to a new level of professionalism. And we started to work in the hospitals. We worked with hospice. We worked in all of these different ways. And I was constantly bringing others on this journey with me. And I, of course, started to notice that I had this false belief, this illusion that just because people shared this path that they we're living a life where they recognize that they were complete. None of us do. Okay. We go in and out of this, of this recognition, this conscious awareness. And so what had happened was um, the more notoriety that I developed during that time, of course, creative juices cannot be held back. They cannot be held back. So the more I'm creating, the more I wanted to create, and the greater were my understandings about what was really happening with people. And I brought all of this into the programs that I was creating at the time, but I was limited in what I could develop and create because of my own personal environment. And so this epiphany that happened when I was out in Montana was really, like I said, it was, okay, the jig's up, enough playing, enough practicing, enough, you know, acquiescing. The world needs you. And when I stepped out of that world of constraint and restrictions and impossibilities. I walked into a world of possibilities and I started to have the most incredible experiences. Number one, while I was married, I had had a number of medical issues that I just sort of brushed off thinking, oh, this is just aging. And I'm talking real issues like pain in my hips so bad that I couldn't get up out of a chair if I'd been sitting there for a while, digestive problems, constant headaches, and I used to have what I called reoccurring nightmares at night, but they all had the same theme. I couldn't find my wedding ring. 
And I would wake up in a sweat and I'd be pulling, you know, things apart in my drawers and all of this. Well, of course, those were panic attacks, but I wouldn't allow myself to recognize that at the time. But what happened when I had had that epiphany that really, it was a complete pivot in my life. All of those medical issues disappeared. One day I realized I jumped up out of my chair. I could have done cartwheels across my front lawn. That's how great I felt. I realized, oh my God, it's been a year. I haven't had an Advil or Tums or a panic attack. And I looked about 10 years younger. People kept asking me, what did you do? What did you do? You know, and I'm thinking, oh my God, all I did, all I did was that I started to love myself in a way that I had never allowed myself to before. I started to put my spirit in charge. Everything that I was doing, I first asked the question, does this serve my spirit? Does it serve my spirit? Can I feel an expansiveness when I'm thinking about this or stepping into this? And if I didn't feel that, I didn't do it. But what happened was then I started to get all of these downloads, things. The first thing that I got were a whole series of products that were essentially the law of attraction on training wheels. They were things that people could pick up and actually utilize and learn and watch how the law of attraction actually came into their lives, manifesting the things that they desired. And I had no background for that. I told you I was a nurse. I was a spiritualist minister. I had no training in business or product development or anything else. But I kept doing what I was compelled to do. I kept asking my spirit, should I do this? Should I do that? Well, weeks after I started to get these downloads, and I mean complete visions, about what these products needed to look like. I hired an assistant who had to teach me how to email. I didn't even know how to send an email. I had an office and in six weeks, we had eight products on the market. Wow. Three months after that, I won my first two international awards for new products on the market. Another wow. <laughs> yes. With that, it was a continuation of creativity that has never left me. And it is what some people consider to be my greatest flaw. <laughs> Those who are working with me trying to stay up, you know, with what I'm, I'm doing, but I have a continuous flow of creative ideas about how to bring spirituality into everyday life. Because we are first and foremost spirit. And I always tell people, spirit is our first language. So when we come in and we allow it to be speaking to us and we are speaking to it, it manifests in every aspect of our life. And so this recognition about self-love and how essential it is for us to be able to step into our purpose is what I now focus on. And the result of us cultivating the courage to love ourselves completely is what creates the heart shift. The heart shift is the actual recalibration of the energy that we then radiate out to the world. And that recalibrated energy is what goes out into the universe and brings back to us all of the new manifestations of it. And this is who I am. And it's how I live. That's wonderful. So let's move into, we talked a little bit about your journey and some of the manifestation that came out of there. Let's talk maybe about some tips. Can you provide three tips sure. how 
others can make those changes in their lives too. Yeah. I think the first thing is that you must have a willingness um, to do whatever it takes. I remember, you know, that therapist that I worked with initially, and I was in so much pain, you know, with being what I felt abandoned, right, by friends and family who couldn't accept me. And she said, Marcy, I want you to always remember that you have to be willing to risk it all to have it all. And I've never lost sight of that. We must be willing to risk it all to have it all. And when I say have it all, I'm not talking about things on the outside. I'm talking about having access to everything that we are inside. Because that's what we all are longing for. We try to fill in the spaces, right, with how we live our life outside in the world. And we look for others for validation. And we, you know, are constantly comparing ourselves or, you know, being critical of others and all that. That is nothing but an indication that your heart is calling to you. Come on home. I want to show you everything you are. I want to mirror for you all the beauty that is inside of you. And all we need to do is expand our energy field so that that love can then extend itself through us. It is the extension of love that is the creative force in the universe. And so our job is to expand. And so guess what? It means we need to be willing to do whatever it takes to expand. It always is going to take you out of your comfort zone. So we need to get comfortable and being uncomfortable and even excited about it. You know, the solstice that we just passed, one of the uh, mechanisms of it is like extreme letting go so that you can let in this new life. Well, sometimes that means that you actually have to invite the darkness forward. We've been so programmed to be so fearful of that. And yet all it is, is energy that was once expressed as love that has been pocketed and it's just gotten dense because it's been cut off from the light. So fearlessly, we bring it forward and we say, oh yeah, that's how that's been working. That's what it's been creating in my life. Oh yeah, now I understand how I've been sabotaging myself. So we become spiritually responsible and spiritually accountable. And I say that these are our superpowers. So we actually start to position ourselves to give ourselves permission, know that we're going to be out of our comfort zone, practice it. The moment that you start to feel yourself responding to someone, oh, what do you want to eat tonight? And you say, oh, I don't know. What do you want to eat? And, you know, we go through that whole thing, waiting for someone else to make a decision for us. Stop yourself right then and there. Tune in. What do I feel like eating? And then whatever that is, take actions. Because it's only when we are aligning our thought with our action that we open those lines of communication where we feel connected to the greater part of ourselves. So start small, take small steps, but do it and try to be as religious and committed to that as you can. Notice how you're feeling when you're speaking with people. As I said, I was completely taken by the energy that you were projecting towards me. The, the radiance of your energy welcomed me. I, I felt like there was this path of light that just opened up on the screen, which of course gave permission to my heart to be fully expressive. And I feel connected to you. So when we give ourselves permission to feel, we start to understand it is also our superpower. It's telling us that when we're in communion with the higher self, we will feel free, just the way I'm feeling right now. It's all wide open. And it's because you provided for me this beautiful platform of energy where I can fly. 
I can feel free and just express my being. And so we keep recommitting to ourselves to follow that. Let that be your benchmark for everything that you do. And if it's falling short of that, ask yourself, well, what is in my way, right? And take the opportunity to let go because that energy that's preventing you from feeling what I'm feeling right now and what I hope you're feeling right now, Victoria, the only thing that is preventing it is some energy pocket that was created out of fear where you forgot who you are. That's it. And there's nothing scary about you. You're only beautiful, magnificent, a being of light. And of course, here as an expression of love. And so one of the things that I also love to share with my clients is that I think this is one of the fastest ways to raise our vibrational frequency, which then will have a whole domino effect in our lives, is to become a love detective. So see yourself putting on that detective hat, pull out that magnifying glass. But I want you to start to carry with you a little notebook and a pen wherever you go and start collecting data. Every good detective creates a whole um, book of data, right? Clues. You're looking for clues. And what are you looking for? Clues that love is all around you and love is within you. So how it will manifest is a song that has your foot tapping, your fingers snapping, you want to sing it out loud, you feel free, you want to hear more of that conversation, you feel yourself leaning in, um, you love the way it tastes, you can feel like nurtured as you're eating it, um, you know, just things about your everyday existence that are messages from your higher self saying, do more of this, do more of this. You're meant to feel good. You're meant to feel like you can fly. And when you start to want to shout it from the rooftops, you've arrived. That's love. So we keep collecting all this data. And at the end of every day, we read through it. We reabsorb that energy into our hearts, our being, and that's how we go to sleep. And then every night it's like marinating and it's germinating, right? Because it's seeds that are being planted and planting roots and they're going to take bloom. And here's what's going to happen. The next day you're going to wake up and you're going to say, oh my God, there is love everywhere. Everywhere I look, I, I can feel it. And this is what happens. It accumulates and you become more and more familiar to the sensations and the recognition that love is everywhere to the point where I am now. And that is when I'm out of it, it is so freaking uncomfortable. I can't wait to bring myself back in and I'll do everything and anything I can to do it. I know I step out. I know that there are distractions. I know that there are lots of shiny objects and we cannot be living in this world now without those. But those are nothing but opportunities to bring you back home to your heart and remember, reconnect, reconnect, reconnect. And the beauty is in the world of spirit, every nanosecond that we choose, choose, to start again, new life begins. So just as in that moment that I chose to follow my heart, follow my path, it's new life at that point, but I can't even begin to tell you how many lives I've had from there, all because I'm willing to be flexible and pivot and let go of any beliefs that are preventing me from doing that. And as a result, I've had the opportunity to experience life in ways that I could never have imagined when I started this part of my journey. We can't imagine from that place because 
what I thought I was going to be doing when I left my marriage was, you know, practicing Reiki and, you know, continuing to give classes and, you know, develop my private practice more. Nothing could have prepared me for what was ahead. Nothing except my heart knew all along. Wow. That, that's another amazing story, but you're correct. I think awareness, understanding, and choice, you know, making the choices are um, monumental. And, and being and, willing to take risk. Yes. No, it's going to look scary. It'll feel scary until you get in there. And then right. you're going to feel like you're home. Right. Yes. Was that what was the the phrase one more time? You have to risk it all. You have to be willing to risk it all to have it all. Have it all. Yes. So powerful, powerful message there. Thank mm -hmm. you. So let's talk a little bit about your writing and your story. And let's talk about some of the challenges and the rewards that have come out of being an author and sharing your message? Sure. So um, the challenges, um, I think the challenge is making certain that I'm getting it out there. Okay, because again, so many distractions, so many ways that I want to work with people. So during that period of incredible, like constant downloads, I downloaded a self-help health and wellness program. And it's based all on self-love. So that was back in 2006. Um, I downloaded the student manual, the teacher manual, um, and I started to teach it. And I started to teach it first to lay people, then in medical, um, in the hospitals. I actually was teaching this, this program to doctors and nurses and medical staff. And it's based on principles of self-love. It's an incredible program. But as I shared with you before um, we started our program, I lost my son 10 years ago, my youngest son, and I lost my footing. I lost my footing in teaching that program. And also I had started to put it all into a book. And every year I am confronted with that book not being completed. And every year as I'm confronted with that, I start to beat myself up. Here you go again, another year, another anniversary. You don't have it finished. And all of a sudden I realized that was what was keeping me from addressing it again. I would, I would write and then it would get closed down. I would write and then it would get closed down. And I realized that this is my pattern. My pattern is one where oh, I have to be able to take all of me in. <laughs> you know, I'm a lot. And I remembered, it was so interesting. You talk about an aha moment. I remembered when I became a Reiki master. And um, after I went through that process, do you know, I closed the door to my office and I didn't open it for at least a month. I was recalibrating energetically and getting accustomed to it. But what I also realized is that since that time and since the time I first began this journey with that program, is that I now have such a greater understanding 
I have given myself permission to step back and say, okay, whatever you've written thus far, it's good, but there's more. Because the book has been close to being able to give to an editor for a couple of years now. And this year, I actually have nearly completed the additions to the book. So there are so many lessons here. Number one, self-love means sometimes you just have to accept that um, when you're ready to move forward, you will. And I sort of equate it to, you know, if you were climbing the side of a mountain, right? You would make certain that your footing is secure before moving on. And what I've realized is that it's never just that one thing. There's always this whole like ripple effect and it always has something to do with what you need to let go of. So without that awareness fully in the forefront, it was always in my periphery, but now it's in the forefront I can see how I have been letting go of all the aspects of constraint and restriction and resistance all along. And do you wanna know what the whole crux of it was? Is that I had to let go of this fear of being judged by my medical community. And part of that medical community is also my family, very, medically connected. And this has been a process and it's one where I can now say I'm fully embracing myself because I've given myself permission to be criticized and ridiculed. But I've also given myself permission to be embraced by those who are now ready for what I have to share. Because I'll tell you, it was only in the most like expansive situations where people could grasp these concepts. I've been teaching self-love for almost 20 years. Self-love is now just coming to the forefront. All those products that I manufactured, and I was manufacturing all over the world, teaching those products are now being called for again because people now can grasp the concepts. And so one of the things that I had to accept about myself is that I'm a visionary. Everything that I say and do and I teach and I write about may not be appreciated now, but it will be. And it will be the seeds that become the foundation for others to leap into their greatness. And so I've accepted myself now as this visionary that is here to teach about the future. Wow, that's wonderful. And yes, I, I come from a family of visionaries and my father was kind of in that um, with organics and holistic back in the 50s and 60s, <laughs> imagine, him. yes, uh, the ridicule he received it. And mm -hmm. by time the 80s landed, uh, he wasn't being made fun of anymore. So that's right. That's yeah. right. So that is the struggle of a visionary who sees decades ahead. Um, I know yeah. even as an artist, my work, I used to call it naked uh, clay. I was ceramic artist. And I didn't like all the colorful glazes. I liked the natural earth tones. And I was poo-pooed by galleries and stores. And, and then sure enough, 20 years later, uh, yeah, I was in big demand. <laughs> Couldn't keep up with the demand in the stores and some of the galleries. So it happens. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> And there you have it. And that's the difference, though, when we can put ourselves um, 
in communication with our higher self, with our heart. And we learn, and this goes beyond trust. I say trust, Victoria, is a temporary necessity. Because once we trust enough to step over the threshold, we get all this evidence from the universe that will support us and bolster us and continue to inspire us. So this absolute trust is essential, but the only way you're going to develop that is to first cultivate the courage to follow your heart, to know that what you perceive is as it costing you is actually costing you so much more than you can imagine by staying there. Right. And if ever there were a time in the world where we need all hands on deck, this is it. I agree. So yes, because your higher self apparently is not only higher, but it's far ahead of you. <laughs> Correct. It sees the whole big panoramic picture. Yes, the panoramic and Believe me, I, I know it's very difficult to follow the energy that's pulsing in you on a course when nothing in front of you validates that at all. Right. But that's probably the most important lesson um, that I would, you know, possibly share regardless of where you are is keep following that inner guidance system. Yes. 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 But first, and I, I want to add this. First, you have to give yourselves permission to learn how to discern which voice is speaking. Right. I, you know, I can't tell you like how many people who have come to me and said, okay, I want to learn that. And yet when I'm teaching them this, essential process. The difficulty is in letting go of the belief that there's one voice that will lead you forward. All the others are distractions. And it's hard to let go of those other voices because we become so familiar with them and that constant chatter that I mean, many people are even afraid to go into their silence, right? They need constant distraction. I, I was laughing with my sister-in-law this morning. I was with family over the weekend and um, I was at a table with you know, my niece and her fiance and the entire conversation, they're on their phones playing Pac-Man. And I'm thinking, oh my God, there you have it. <laughs> there you have it. We must yearn for ourselves, yearn for ourselves, to be yeah. present with ourselves and to be able to accept all the aspects of ourselves that are dying to come out. They want to come out and play. Yes. And create. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more, Ms. Marcy. So Marcy. Um, one final question. Okay. Where I'm can loving your question. Seriously. <laughs> Where can we find more of Marcy? Yeah. <laughs> Where can we find you? Where, okay. what are some of your websites or social sure. media? Mm -hmm. Well, the first website I want to invite everyone to, uh, become a member of is selfloveuniversity.com. Um, Self-Love University is my domain, okay? And there are others who have copied, but go to selfloveuniversity.com. And there I have so much material that will help you to start this journey of intimacy. Into me see. It is the journey that will take you within yourself so that you can start to love yourself and finally know yourself as the divine being that you are. So selfloveuniversity.com and then heartshiftcoach.com 
And there you'll open it right up and there's an invitation to um, download a free ebook on um, how to shift from self-sabotage to self-love in five days. You can see how essential I think this is. And I have a new website that's just being developed um, for HeartShift Coach um, and for MarcyNewman.com. So for now, I invite you to, again, go to selfloveuniversity.com, heartshiftcoach.com, download that ebook, get yourself started, come and join me on social media. Um, you can find me as the Heartshift Coach or Marcy Newman on Facebook, Instagram, the Heartshift Coach, and uh, LinkedIn. And let's really start to connect because whenever two or more of us are gathered in the name, we have love. So we gather in the name of love, knowing that we are love itself. And as we gather, we create a greater force of love that can only create from love. Wow. Well, thank you, Marcy, for joining us and sharing those amazing um, insights that I know I've learned uh, a great a bit from that I didn't know. And it's really good to have that confirmation. So it's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. And I want to thank you for uh, tuning in to Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, work through the process, and meet others who've done it. So you can be guided into your own journey of writing. So to remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're there, subscribe and like us via your favorite social media networks. We're looking forward to seeing you next time here on the Leap Into Your Story podcast. Thank you for tuning into the Leap Into Your Story podcast, where you discover your inner story, break down the process, and meet others who've done it so you can leap into your own story. Remember to visit our website at leapintoyourstory.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're there, subscribe and like to us via your favorite social media network. We're looking forward to seeing you next time on the Leap Into Your Story podcast.